Hi, this is Stephen Ambrose, Senior Pastor at Wapak Naz. I want to welcome you to the Wapak Naz podcast. We hope and pray that this message goes deep into your DNA, is encouraging, relevant to your life, a means for you to engage with God and experience His love, and moves you to impact your world. We at Wapak Naz believe firmly that you matter to God. We are glad that you are taking the risk to engage with Him today. Wapak Naz is love people, loving people to Jesus, and it takes people to partner with us to be on mission and bring this message to our community, the region, and the world. If you would like to financially partner with Wapak Naz to love people to Jesus, join us by going to our website at wapaknaz.org and becoming a financial partner. We thank you, we pray for you, we love you, and enjoy the message. Well, as uh, the worship team's coming down, uh, I'd ask that you open up your Bibles, pull out your phones, scroll to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, if you wouldn't mind, I want to welcome all of you who are here today but also all of you that are listening online i don't know if you're very aware but we have lots and lots of people who listen to uh, this sermon online on spotify and itunes and our website uh, on a weekly basis Um, and so i want to welcome all of those that are part of our tribe that are in the listening audience Uh, luke chapter 19 Uh, For some, this may be familiar to you. For others, this might be the first time you've ever come across this text. I don't want to ever think that that, uh, everything's familiar to everyone. This is Luke chapter 19, talking about an encounter. This is is NYC uh, ancient style. Um, So, verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who, was with, uh, who Jesus was, but being short, a uh, short man, excuse me, being a short man, uh, he could not see. Strike that, reverse it. Let's start again. How about that? Brace the awkward, right? He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not. I'm going to blame that on being 44 in my eyes. All right, we're just going to, we're going to put it there. How about that? He couldn't see because of the crowd. I couldn't see because of my age. It's good. I feel like I know Zacchaeus very, very intimately right now. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that, the spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Let me repeat that. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Father, uh, your word is true. You are as true as your word and you keep your word and we ask that your Holy Spirit do a dynamic work on the inside of us in the inner us. Uh, work that we cannot do, but may we engage with you and respond to you accordingly. I ask these things in your name, Jesus. 
I've often wondered if it's true that what you look for, you find. Just recently, Amy and I were in the Smokies again for vacation. And we were hiking a trail that is not well-traveled. It's not one of the popular trails. And so a well-traveled, tra- a well-traveled trail will be nice and groomed and quite large, probably about uh, half the size of the aisle here. But Curry Mountain Trail is not well-traveled, which means it's very narrow. There's a lot of branches on the side and on the trail, a lot of limbs and down trees. And for my wife, being one who has a deep fear and just as equally deep loathing for snakes, it means snakes. And so immediately getting onto Curry Mountain Trail as we're going up the, the th- about 300 to 500 uh, feet of elevation and eight-tenths of a mile, immediately she saw what she thought was a snake. It was a tree limb. And we continue down, and there it is, another tree limb. Roots that just look like snakes. And I was freaking out, like, what's going on in her? And I was remembering just recently, just the day before, we were in Elkmont, and we had just picked up our chairs from a couple hours by the river as we were reading, and and, uh, she was in the hammock. And we got into the car, and I started down the gravel road, and all the smoke billowing everywhere. I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye, and so I hit the brakes. And I start backing up, and she said, what do you see? I said, I think I saw a snake. She said, where? And I finally back up, and I said, there it is. And I noticed she was rolling up the window. (laughs) I said, why are you rolling up the window? Well, I didn't know where it was. It could have been in the tree. Snakes don't know. Tree snakes, but not in the Smokies. Maybe in Japan but not in the Smokies. And so I thought, oh my goodness. And then just a few days before that, we were with a buddy of mine and his family sitting by at their campsite with the beautiful river and and sun was going down and my buddy Kyle points out, there's a nice serpent in the water just having a nice swim at dusk. And a couple days before that, we were with the same family on a hike to just beautiful waterfalls and, and one of his boys, who was probably eight or nine, he's like, Look, there's a snake, and it's a garter snake right on the trail, just kind of creeping up on the roots, and it was just this little tiny snake, and it kind of froze my wife in, in, in just her, her steps. Her mind was primed. Her mind was pumped. And not to mention, we had hiked a trail that we did last year. And on that trail last year, there was a nice copperhead coiled up just inches off the trail. So as we're on Curry Mountain Trail, all these thoughts are running through my wife's head as she's looking at all these limbs and all these roots and snakes. They're all snakes. Every tree limb a snake. Every stick a snake. And even the rustlings on the side of the trail a snake. I often wonder what we look for do we find? See, this moment that we read in Luke chapter 19, 
Jesus is, is heading through the town of Jericho along with his disciples. They're on the last leg of their trek to Jerusalem. And they're making their way through this desert town. And the crowd's pressing in on Jesus. Undoubtedly, word had already passed through the crowd that on the edge of town, Jesus just healed two blind men, one of them being Bartimaeus. It's just the chapter right before. So the word had spread, and the crowd presses in on Jesus to get a glimpse of this miracle worker, this teacher, this rabbi of of fame. And there's this curious man who wants to see Jesus. And the crowd's pressing in so much on Jesus that he can't see because of his stature. And so he chooses to climb a tree to get a better view, unlike the snake that my wife thought was in the tree, right? No, he's up in the tree getting a good view of Jesus. And as he's, as he's trekking through the town, he comes to that spot. When he reaches the spot, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus just hanging there, looking at him. And Jesus then says, Come down, Zacchaeus, immediately. I must stay at your house. And for those of us who haven't read the Bible, that's a very shocking phrase. For those of us who have heard this story over and over, we kind of glance over it as if, you know, it's Jesus. He's, he's, he's an empathic, and he's very empathetic, and so he's inviting Zacchaeus. But for the crowd, this is a very shocking statement. Z- Zacchaeus, come down. Of all the people in the crowd, for Jesus to have a conversation with, to all the people that Jesus singles out, he singles out Zacchaeus, this curious man. This curious man who's a wealthy man. Because he's gained his wealth by ill-begotten gains, underhanded schemes, squeezing money out of people on behalf of Rome. And he was actually so good at it that he became a leader of those who do that. And so he made his living off the people's taxes or off their poverty, the lack thereof. And quite frankly, some of those people in the crowd were people that Zacchaeus was underhanded with. So this is a very shocking statement and a shocking moment in the scripture, in the moment. And so, as Jesus is, or as Zacchaeus is making his way down the tree, putting feet to ground, the crowd begins to mutter. Not like mutter fodder, hello mutter. I was thinking about that this morning, you know. No, they they began to mutter. And that word, Luke chooses that very specifically. This is a little Bible nerd moment. He chooses that word very, very specifically, and it means to complain. And there's only one other place in the New Testament that that word is used. It's a few chapters before. A scene almost the same. A crowd of people pressing in. 
those to be tax collectors, those to be quote-unquote sinners, as well as Pharisees and tax collect- or teachers of the law. Pharisees were those kind of like pastoral people of the time, the religious leaders. Same with the teachers of the law. Those were the Bible nerds. Those were the Old Testament nerds. They knew it frontward and backward. And as the tax collectors and the sinners were pressing in on Jesus to listen to what he had to say, these Pharisees and these these teachers of the law, they muttered. They muttered almost the exact same thing. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I don't know about you, but I, I find it hard for people, and sometimes even myself, to come to God for the things that we think between our ears about ourselves, right? And I find it equally as hard to come to God when we convince ourselves that God may actually think the very same things about us that that we think about us. But it's even more damaging and more difficult to come to God when there are other people around us affirming what we think in our minds that we're not good enough and that we're unworthy that we don't belong, that he, he doesn't want to have a conversation or relationship with us just based on our choices in life and our past. And so the crowd puts a lot of obstacles in front of Zacchaeus, not just, not just his height and not just their height. Who is this that He wants to be the guest of a sinner on that mountain trail. It was sometime later as we were several miles into our hike. I hear my wife's voice behind me and she said, I love these little purple flowers. And I nonchalantly said, me too. But I was wondering, like, stick snakes, tree snakes, root snakes, purple snakes? Are you kidding? But she said, no. She said, I love these little purple flowers. What happened? What changed? She started noticing the beauty around her. I often wonder what we look for, we find. See, the thing is, there were purple flowers on the front end of the trail when we first started. And as you continue on the ridge line and you get higher and higher and you can look down over the ridge, at this time of the year, there were these beautiful white flowers of the dogwood in bloom. And when you looked up, the canopy just a week old, these 
small green leaves photosynthesizing in the moment. We're almost neon with the, the backdrop of the, the blue sky. And you could hear the crows call and the woodpecker headbanging and having his midday meal. All these were happening the whole time. I wonder if it's true what you look for, you find. And in the moment, her eyes were focused on something entirely different than the leaves that had fallen on the ground in the fall that are now dingy and brown that look like snakes and the roots that go across the trail that you have to step over that look like snakes and the limbs that are on the side of the, the trail that look like snakes and the rustling sounds that are actually squirrels that sound like snakes. I often wonder if what we look for we find. I think for many who consider themselves to be atheist to believe that there is no God if they look around they can find a lot of evidence for the non-existence of God just look at the headlines Mariupol is just devastated a megalomaniacal leader crushing a country. The Russian soldiers salting farmland. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands of, of people fleeing their land and their home. Refugees going hungry. I think if you look around, you might find that there may be evidence that there is no God. But I also think that if it's true that what we look for we find, then we're probably also missing evidence for God in our world and in our life. If you look at the headlines, you can see it. And you can find it. Individuals opening their homes to people they don't know. Countries opening their borders. Poland being one. Even here in the United States, churches opening their doors and feeding people. If you look for the evidence, you can find the evidence for God. But then... The atheist might say, you know what? There's still suffering and there's still evil. Even with all the evidence of those that are caring for other human beings, there's still evidence of evil and suffering happening. Well, congratulations. Let, let's just pretend hypothetically that God doesn't exist. Look around. What do you see? You still see human suffering. You still see evil. You still see pain at the hands of other people. Is it God? Or is humanity moving further and further from God? We will often find what we look for. So Jesus, standing with 
Zacchaeus, this tax collector, comes down, feet hits the ground, and now he's face to face, eye to eye. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that in this story, that the only two people that see each other for who they truly are, are Zacchaeus and Jesus. See, Jesus sees Zacchaeus for who he is, a human being created in the image of God, of value and of worth, despite the lifestyle, despite the choices that he has made, and the hatred that he has conjured up by his actions, despite the fact that he is, has essentially disregarded and forsaken his, his Jewish heritage and his people. Jesus sees that this man is curious about God and longs, deeply longs on the inside for God. And and, and Zacchaeus doesn't see Jesus just as this miracle worker. This man that can heal. This man that's a great teacher. No, he sees Jesus of Nazareth as who he truly is exact representation of God's being. One in whom the fullness of God dwells. They're the only two people in the crowd that know it and see it. And not only is Zacchaeus convinced of this, but he's transformed. How do we know that? Why do we know that? Because that transformation on the inside moves outside. And he says, whoa, here and now, Lord, I'm going to sell my possessions and give to the poor. And anybody that I've cheated, I'm going to pay four times as much back. Above and beyond what the law has required. And it's interesting what Jesus says. Today, Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. If the crowd, the condemning crowd, thought what Jesus said was very shocking when he said, come down, I must stay at your house immediately, this is even more insulting to the rest of the group because the rest of the group thought they had everything figured out. Jesus goes all the way back to Father Abraham, the father of their faith, the one who was credited as righteous because he obeyed God. Zacchaeus, he wasn't like us. He's not like us. He cut himself off from us, and he's dirty, and he's a scoundrel, and he doesn't belong with us. And Jesus said, guess what? He belongs with us more than you think you belong with us. He belongs. He belongs to me, and he belongs to God. And then Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. I often wonder, is what we look for what we find? What are you looking for? Where are your eyes? What are you 
look at more often than not? Could it be your job? Could it be your kids? Could it be the the evidence that there is no God? Do you look at the evil and the suffering? Do you look at the brokenhearted humanity? What do you look at? See, Jesus says, for the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. Now, what did Jesus find? He found the lost. I'm one of those. I'm one of the ones he found. At one point, I was Zach. Which makes me ask the question. If Jesus sought and looked for the lost and he found the lost, then maybe that principle applies to me and you as well. That what we look for, we find. I've had many conversations with people who said, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. And when they've prayed, they've been chastised because they didn't pray right. I don't know how to pray. I don't even know what I'm praying about. I don't even know what it means to pray. Praying is very simply, it's your the soul, your inner soul, the depth of who you are putting voice to your soul. It's everything in you that longs and connecting with everything that you've longed for. It's it's your soul listening to the voice of the creator of your soul who spoke you and me and the whole the whole world into existence and if we look for what we look for is what we find then I think prayer is one of those ways that we look for God and we find God prophet prophet Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Jeremiah says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I wonder if what we look for we find James, the the half-brother of Jesus, said, come near to God and he will come near to you. I wonder, I wonder if what we look for, we find. And many of us, many of us have been looking for the Lord in all the wrong places and all the right places all at the same time. If you pray and seek his face, you will find him. 
So today, I ask you, what are you looking for? And I also ask you, what are you finding? What are you convinced of? You might be missing the evidence for God. You might be missing it and overlooking it. Because it's right there. Just like the purple flowers. Just like the the beauty of the canopy. The turkey that startled me. Just like the woodpecker in the distance. Just like the sunlight just coming down and casting shadows. There's evidence all around us. And all prayer is, is seeking Him and finding Him. So if you're far from God like Zacchaeus, I look at this story and I say, God wants Himself to be found. God wants Himself to be found by you. And He invites you into that. Would you mind standing for a moment? Just bow your heads for just one moment. I'd like for you to answer that question. What, what are you finding? You know how you can find out what you're finding? Look at your thoughts. Look at your inner voice and listen to it just a moment what does your mind constantly come back to each and every day multiple times a day what are you finding if you were take to if you were take a gauge of your thoughts and categorize them and simplify them. Are you finding God? Are you finding something else? Maybe you're finding what you're looking for. You might not be looking in the right place. Jesus, we stand before you in this moment, this sacred moment. Really hope and pray that you're that we're hearing what you're saying to us and to our soul, our mind, and our heart. If any of us is speak right now. Lord, realign us. Realign our focus. Help us see you in our world. Quite frankly, may our world see you in us. You might be here today and you might be convinced of the evidence that God does not exist, that 
convinced that he doesn't want anything to do with you. I just want to let you know that despite all the evidence that you believe that there's a lack of, of God, there's so much more that points to him and that he does love you and he longs to be with you. He longs to be at your home, just like Zacchaeus. He longs for this radical transformation because he sees you as you truly are and he loves you where you are and for who you are. And he wants you to experience that radical transformation of his love for you. I just encourage you to begin to seek him might be surprised because you might find him and he's been there all along thank you Jesus for who you are thank you how you love us deeply and that is the single motivation for your surrender on the cross. You love us. I give you glory and I thank you. And if you're here today and you want to experience the love, you know deep within you, your heart is pounding and your soul is resonating and you found yourself as Zacchaeus in this story, and you just long for, for that connection, that deep connection with God, just ask that you take that step across that line of faith and you, you ask the Lord to come into your life and you give him your life right now. Jesus, I give you my life. beginning of the conversation just challenge you in this moment this is your moment to step across that line of faith Jesus I give you my life and I want your life in me forgive me of my sin and make me new again we love you Lord we thank you May you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. And may you please, please, please love your neighbor as yourself. You have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday and a happy Mother's Day to all of you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Wapak Nas podcast. We hope you were moved deeply to step into God and the hope and future he has for you and that you were moved to be salt, light, and yeast in your community and to love people to Jesus.